definitely have quorum, so if it's okay, I think we should call the meeting to order. I don't have a script today, I normally just have a cheat sheet, not gonna lie. Um, so this will be awkward and lovely. Um, we're gonna do roll call for members that are present. I'm just gonna go down the list um, as you here on, looks like I have seniority on the board um, on the website. So Adele Adams is not present. I'm Jessica Andino and I am present. Jason Glass? Here. Ashley Lindley, via phone? Present. <laughs> here we go. Mark Reese? Here. Roger Lusala? Here. Bijou Maliavo? Here. And Tony, I'm not gonna say your last name. Then top of it, here. Thank you. Alrighty. Um, we're gonna be looking at item number two on the agenda tonight, which is approval of the June 22nd meeting minutes. Which is within your packet. Page number three is where it starts. Approve. Approve the minutes as presented. Second. All in favor of approving the minutes as in the packet say aye. 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 Any opposed? Any abstain? Motion passes. The sheet, sheet house has a number. Asha does, correct? In the eyes? Correct. I would not, yeah. Seven to zero. Motion passes for approval of minutes. Okay. Uh, Sorry, it's time for public comment for items that are not on the agenda. Again, these are items not on the agenda. We have items to speak on that are on the agenda. Please wait until we get to that time. A uh, commentator shall be able to address the commission for no more than five minutes during this time, and commissioners shall not engage with each other and or the public concerning said items. Is there anybody from the public that has items they would like to comment on that are not on the agenda? Now our forever hold your peace. Setting, sorry. All right, we're moving on to item number four on our agenda, which is conversation with Temple Hyatt with Be Smart. All right, thank you very much for the opportunity to um, present our, our educational program here. Um, if you find this information useful, um, or it could be of benefit to any other group that you're a part of, we're, we're more than happy to, to present that. Um, thank you for joining us here today. We'll be talking about Be Smart a program developed by Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense in America to bring together parents and all adults concerned about kids, guns, and safety. My name is Temple Hyatt. I have two adult children. Many of my family members served in the military. I joined the Army Reserve's military police and served in the first Gulf War. I'm a former gun owner and I'm a gun violence survivor. And I joined our local Moms Demand Action group in response to the Las Vegas shooting in 2017. Hi everyone, I'm Tiffany Adrain. Um, I am the mother of a 14-year-old um, child in the, in the Iowa City uh, School District. Um, I joined Moms about six years ago. Um, I came to the US about 20 years ago and within a few months, the first few months of my arrival here, a young man took his life with a gun on the steps of the El Capitol Museum and that was my introduction to um, American gun culture and so that was also one in Knox. And I'm also a survivor, I had a friend who was shot and killed too. Mm -hmm. 
Hi, my name is La Whittington. I'm a retired school uh, teacher in the uh, Iowa City Community School District. Um, I have been involved in, in uh, lockdowns at my school, so I'm really aware of the impact it has on our students and, and on our faculty and staff as well when they occur. Um, and I'm also the mother of a 31-year-old, the ever-retire. Um, and um, I, um, my husband is a hunter. We have guns in our home. Um, and uh, this, I joined up with, uh, or to volunteer with uh, Moms Demand, actually about uh, right after the Pulse uh, massacre um, when that happened. So um, we're here today uh, on this, uh, to give this presentation. Um, in the U.S., firearms are the second leading cause of death for children and the first leading cause of death for black children. As this sh slide shows, uh, more than 1,600 children under the age of 18 are killed with guns in the U.S. every year, an average of five children every day. When children in America are killed with guns, the majority of these deaths, 53%, are homicides. That's nearly 900 children per year. Another 700 children die by firearm suicide each year, and 900 are unintentionally shot and killed. The numbers. We know that approximately 4.6 million children in the US live in a household with at least one loaded unlocked gun. And this number has likely increased in light of the surge in gun sales during the COVID-19 pandemic. While school shootings and mass shootings typically make national headlines, the reality is that for children under the age of 13, gun homicides most frequently occur in the home. As one study showed that nearly 90% of unintentional shooting deaths and injuries among children under the age of 15 occur in the home. What's more, we know that in incidents of gunfire on school grounds, up to 80% of shooters under the age of 18 obtained the guns they used from their home or the homes of relatives or friends. I know this is an emotional issue, and we may come from different walks of life. Many of you may be parents. Some are gun owners, and some are not. You may have had a personal experience with guns, and some of you have been impacted by gun violence. So for now, let's leave politics at the door and agree on three things. First, we want all kids to grow up happy and healthy. Second, we have each have the right to make responsible decisions about how to protect our homes, our families, and communities, including whether or not to have a gun in our home. And then third, if we can prevent even one child gun death or injury, it's our responsibility to do so. We're not here to talk about laws or policies, so let's set those aside for now. This is an American problem. I want to take a few minutes to talk specifically about what the consequences of unsecured guns looks like. On this slide, you'll see just a few headlines from stories across the country, although we know there are many incidents that go unreported. Some of you may remember from the news the first story at the top left. 
In January of 2018, there was a school shooting in Kentucky at Marshall County High School. More than a dozen students were shot and wounded. Two of them, Bailey Holt and Preston Cope, were killed. The 16-year-old shooter had gained access to his stepfather's unsecured pistol from his bedroom. The next tragedy took place in May of 2018. A four-year-old boy from Louisa, Virginia, unintentionally shot his two-year-old brother, Tyson, after accessing an unsecured gun that was kept high in an upper cabinet. The next headline on the bottom left illustrates that when kids are looking to carry guns out of fear, easy access to guns can help facilitate the cycle of violence. Like 17-year-old Zeke of Jackson, Mississippi, who told the Jackson Free Press that some young people in his community carry guns out of fear of being robbed or shot and believe that having a gun will allow them to defend themselves. Let me also point out our final story about 13-year-old Mikey from Brewster, New York. Mikey was a friendly, popular eighth grader. He was an expert bowler, an avid athlete, and he loved video games. In January 2013, Mikey came home from school and took one of his father's unlocked, loaded guns and shot himself. His family knew Mikey to be a happy kid, and they don't believe he had planned to die that day. But with easy access to a loaded gun, Mikey made an impulsive decision that tragically became a fatal one. All four of these stories show the fallout of when young people get their hands on unsecured guns. No story is quite the same, but all are tragic, and all are preventable. So it's important to remember that even if you are practicing secure storage, or if you don't even have a gun in your own home, you can't be sure about other homes. You can't be sure about how responsible other people are being, and that's where the Be Smart program becomes helpful. So what can we do? We can learn to be smart. Let's, let's start with S. Secure your guns in homes and vehicles. 13 million households with children contain at least one gun, and the majority of children in gun-owning households know where the gun is stored. As we already know, um, in incidents of gunfire on school grounds, the majority of shooters under the age of 18 obtain their guns from their home or the homes of their relatives or friends, like the tragedy that unfolded at Marshall County High School in Kentucky. So what do I mean by securing guns? Guns should be stored, locked, and unloaded with ammunition stored separately. Hiding a gun is not securing a gun, and we know that can lead to tragedy. We talked about the four-year-old Virginia boy who unintentionally shot his two-year-old brother after accessing an unsecured gun that was stored high in an upper cabinet. I remember Zeke from Mississippi, who spoke of the complicated safety reasons that push some teens to want a gun. Keep in mind that kids may feel a variety of emotions about guns, from curiosity to fascination to fear. As adults, it's our responsibility to prevent easy access to guns. Research also finds that secure storage is associated with a decreased risk of firearm suicide and unintentional firearm injury among children. 
One study showed that households that locked both firearms and ammunition had a 78% lower risk of self-inflicted firearm injuries among children and teenagers and an 85% lower risk of unintentional firearm injuries. Some commonly used secure storage practices include using a cable lock, lock box, or firearm safe, as well as storing firearms unloaded with ammunition stored separately. Unsecured guns also contribute to the staggering number of guns stolen each year. An estimated 380,000 guns are stolen from private gun owners every year, and gun owners were three times more likely to have a gun stolen if they carried a gun in the last month. Research also suggests that nearly one quarter of stolen guns are taken from cars. So storing a gun in a glove compartment or underneath a car seat is not considered secure storage. We have a handout on secure storage with more information. M is for model responsible behavior. Every law-abiding adult has the right to decide whether or not to have a gun in the home. But you can't be, rely on curious kids not to find the gun. As we saw on the slide before, one study showed that the majority of children are aware of where their parents store their guns, and that more than one-third reported handling their parents' guns, many doing so without the knowledge of their parents. Nearly a quarter of parents did not know that their children had handled the gun in their house. It's always an adult's responsibility to prevent unauthorized access to guns, not a curious child's responsibility to avoid guns. Talk to your kids about gun safety, but remember, that's a precaution, not a guarantee. One study found that young children who go through a week-long gun safety training are just as likely as children with no training to approach or play with a handgun when they find one. Modeling safe behavior, uh, responsible behavior, means that smart adults make sure kids don't have the opportunity to access guns. That said, you can't control the environment that your child is in all the time. So you should teach them not to touch a gun if they come across one, real or pretend, and give them the tools to get out of a dangerous situation and to alert an adult. As an adult, it's your responsibility to do everything you can to prevent them from getting in a dangerous situation to begin with. We also have a handout on best practices for talking to children and teens about guns. Okay. As we have mentioned, there are approximately 4.6 million children in the US living in a household with at least one loaded, unlocked gun. That's why you need to ask about firearms in other homes your child visits, the A in SMART. For the parents and caretakers in the room, what are some things you ask about before allowing your child to go to a friend's or another home? This is where you have to participate. <laughs> <laughs> um, anybody want to make some suggestions about what sort of things you might ask if you've got... Uh, are their parents home? Are their parents yes. home, yeah. <laughs> Anything else? 
actually try to meet the parents. Well, you don't need that. Not to be gay, you know. Well, ask anything, child. My child, my, my son can't swim yet. He's 14, and I have a to teach him to swim. So, you know, a swimming pool, you know, if there's a swimming pool there, I might inform the parents about that. Anything else you can think of? Yes, do you play? Yes. Right. Yeah. What type of things do you play? Especially like video games and stuff like that. You know, they're video games. There are plenty of things, you know, like peanut allergies or um, whether there are pets or dogs or, or whatever in the house. Um, so, you know, plenty of things you might think about, but um, uh, think about asking about guns as well. Asking about guns in the home should be as natural as asking about any other safety issue. Uh, but it can seem awkward at first. So try making it part of your general safety conversation. Just work it in. You might try asking via email or text if you're uncomfortable at first. We have a handout on asking about secure storage with more information. Art. Let's talk about recognizing the role of guns in suicide, the R. Access to a gun can mean the difference between life and death. We saw that in Mikey's story. As our children get older, you may need to consider taking another look at storage methods. If you've been using a simple cable lock, you may want to think about getting a gun safe. We all know how curious children can be, so as they get older and more resourceful, we need to act accordingly. Also, if you know your loved one is in distress, you might want to consider temporarily removing a gun from your home. Take this information into consideration. Most people who attempt suicide do not die unless they use a gun. In fact, 90% of suicide attempts with a gun result in death, a much higher fatality rate than any other means of self-harm. This contributes to the fact that 40% of child suicides involve a gun. If you consider temporarily removing a gun from your home, how can you do that? Where can you bring it? Local law enforcement may be willing to temporarily store your guns. Some licensed gun dealers or gun rangers may be willing to temporarily store your guns. Or you could temporarily store your guns in the home of a friend or family member. To manage risk for that friend or family member, you should lock any guns that you transfer and not provide the key or code. The National Youth Survey conducted by the CDC showed that 17% of high school students surveyed had seriously considered attempting suicide within the last year. One study showed that 41% of adolescents in gun-owning households report having easy access to the guns in their home. As we discussed earlier, research shows that secure firearm storage is associated with a decreased risk of child firearm suicide. We have a handout with more information, facts, and resources on child firearm suicide, and it includes the suicide prevention program. Key, tell your uh, peers of to be smart. So T, to tell, that's the power of being smart. We have heard from people that because of be smart, they know to ask about the presence of guns 
before their children go to other people's homes, that they have talked to family members about guns in their homes, when they have recognized the, um, uh, when they have recognized the role of guns in suicide, that gun owners are modeling uh, responsible behavior as a direct result of Be Smart. It's important uh, the people who own and work with guns are part of this conversation. Research shows that law enforcement, the military, and hunting or outdoor groups are particularly effective in communicating safe storage practices. So, who are you going to tell about Be Smart today? I'll go through the acronym again. I was afraid it wasn't going to give me the things underneath. <laughs> <laughs> Smart. Secure. F. Secure all guns in your homes and vehicles. M. Model responsible behavior. A. Ask about unsecured guns in other homes. R. Recognize the role of guns in suicide. And T. Tell your peers about Be Smart. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so thank you very much for uh, spending your time here today. Uh, just a reminder. Uh, yeah, we don't have to we sign don't in. I don't think yeah. so. Feel free to speak to me, Temple, or Tiffany if you have any questions about the presentation or about gun safety in general. Are there any questions? Go ahead. So you mentioned um, kids that have taken a gun safety course are no or more or less likely. That was that was an interesting one. I had heard that before. Do you do you have a position on whether it's a good idea to to teach kids gun safety at a at a, at a, at a particular age? That's up to the parent. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I mean, we we put the onus on the parent, um, and and just with the understanding that that training is not, it's it's a false sense of security that sure. they are still going to be tempted. Um, of course, you know, if, if, they're, if they're going to be active in hunting or, or shooting, of course, training. Um, but it's, it's, it's a commitment. And, and as you know, being in the military, um, it's not something you do once. You continue to train over and over and over. Correct. Any other questions? Yeah. Um, the gun epidemic is going to be coming in everyday life here. You know, we had a couple shooting in Iowa City here. Yep. As mom demand action, is there any advocacy or lobbying that you're doing to the legislative about changing some of our gun laws? There is, and we'll, we'll, we'll not be talking about this. Yeah, we can't, yeah, we do. The Moms Demand Action, our, our group does have advocacy um, work. Um, we can't combine that with, with our, our Be Smart program. But, okay. um, so we stopped talking about Be Smart, now we're going to talk about Moms of Main Action. <laughs> okay. um, yes, I mean, there, there, there is. Um, we, we've done a lot of uh, advocacy around um, the things that have happened in our legislature um, with rolling back our permitting laws, um, just the fact that uh, here locally we had to roll back our ordinances and resolutions that allowed guns into public spaces and government-owned um, spaces like the library mm -hmm. unless there is a metal detector and an armed um, guard in those places um, guns are now allowed so we we did our best to advocate against those things and they they still passed so any other questions about mom's demand action can you tell us a little bit about um, what groups can uh, limit, eliminate, or what, 
prohibit guns on their premises, businesses, churches, schools? Um, right now, if you are a, a, a private business owner, you, you can say that you're not going to allow guns. Um, if you are a, a church, you can say that. Um, that might be changing. Um, in, on the ballot in 2022, there's going to be a, a question about um, they're going to implement the Second Amendment subject to strict scrutiny. Any restrictions are going to, is going to be subject to strict scrutiny. So those things could be challenged, certainly, if that were to pass next year. Scary time. Thank you. Any other questions? We do, we do a lot of um, work with um, the South District Neighborhood Association, with Dream City, with Domestic um, Violence Intervention Program. Um, so we, we do, uh, we have a, uh, quite a few community partners that we work with here locally. Um, I, I left some information on, on each table about um, the Everytown Survivor Network, people who have um, been personally impacted by gun violence. Um, our survivors and we have a, a network for them so that they can um, find a community with with others that have um, experienced the those same tra tragedies um, and and find their voice and get involved in this in this movement I'm sorry okay. have you or are you planning on working with the school districts about education or just I know you work with different organizations for like to educate people about this so people understand not just who you are but the importance of either you have a gun or not we have got, uh, worked with we have given presentations to PTAs um, uh, throughout uh, the district and several and if anybody here is you know as, uh, students you can contact us we'd be happy to come speak to uh, PTA um, beyond that at the school board level any we um, just capacity I mean we we have we have work that we would like to do with the with the school board um, and it's just a matter of getting our volunteers there to be visible and and, and to get involved in those in those efforts we have a, a pretty good number who are um, uh, reviewing the Everytown policing policy and working with the city council um, with their preliminary plan, um, but certainly we want to we want to try to keep armed resource officers out of out of our schools. In, in terms of be smart, um, it, it is an adult program, right. so it is not something where we would be in the schools doing this. We would it's it's this is really for grown-ups. I mean, the, the responsibility for keeping our kids safe is always with us the grown-ups in the room um, so that's why we really like to be um, presenting at PTA meetings um, on a regular basis sorry just a suggestion for immigrants and refugee parents that don't know how to have those information and receive information through their children do you think in the future you might have a program for children so they can work together with the parents because some parents won't be able to do that and the children I should say are adult enough to it, educate them. it is something that um, that many of us you know take that feedback and and they're looking into um, and, and potentially it, it may come 
but um, right now we don't have one. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you very much for your time and effort, and I, we applaud. Yes, that thank you. Um, which is discussion of using a land acknowledgement at the start of each of our meetings. No, Ashley's on the, Ashley, can you still hear us? Yes, I can still hear you. There's always that awkward delay, it's great. <laughs> and then Kevo, are you also here to discuss any of this today? Okay, excellent, so I'm gonna bring Kevo into the conversation. Um, that's all right with all other commissioners and there are others on this that I'm unaware of at the moment, I believe. Or is it just you and Ashley at the moment, Kevo? Okay, um, spearheading this. Everybody's spearheading everything. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You're up. I thank the commission for allowing me to join tonight's meeting. I'm also joined by fellow Truth and Reconciliation Commissioner um, Gathua. Um, I am Commissioner Rivera. You can call me Kevo. I respond to all pronouns. Ashley, can you hear me okay? Yep, I can hear you. Sounds good. Um, I wanted to provide um, a couple updates since the last time I um, was able to join you to discuss the land acknowledgement. Um, we kind of left things off with me and Commissioner Lindley um, uh, forming a small working group alongside members of the public to decide sort of how best to craft and revise this land acknowledgement. And it's gone through several iterations, and so has the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. One of, one of the um, greatest uh, changes that we as a commission um, underwent was uh, um, just the benefit of having an indigenous member join our commission. So Commissioner Nobis or Sikawis, um, who's a great community leader, has um, really taken this and, and uh, um, allowed it to kind of move in the right direction. Um, with a lot of contribution from members of the Meskwaki Nation and other leaders that she knew. So I think that with her input, the land acknowledgement, um, is that in your packet tonight? It is, yes. it's on page seven. Um, it, um, I think, has gotten to a really good place. In, in terms of um, what's gone on with the Truth and Reconciliation Commission at our July 8th meeting, we unanimously, unanimously voted to approve um, use of this land acknowledgement in all of our public meetings pending the approval of the Human Rights Commission's um, uh, adoption of it as well. We felt very strongly that we wanted to be in lockstep with you all as allies um, to our the indigenous members of our community, um, that this be sort of a joint first step um, towards really recognizing officially on a government level um, the what's stated in the land acknowledgement. So would you allow me to read it out loud? Please, please, please. We meet today in the community of Iowa City, which now occupies the homelands of the Native American nations to whom we owe our commitment and dedication. The area of Iowa City was within the homelands of the Iowa, Meskwaki, and Sauk. And because history is complex and time goes far back beyond memory, we also acknowledge the ancient connections of many other indigenous peoples here. The history of broken treaties and forced removal that dispossessed indigenous peoples of their homelands was and is an act of colonization and genocide that we cannot erase. 
we implore the Iowa City community to, to commit to understanding and addressing these injustices as we work toward equity, restoration, and reparations. I'd like to highlight a few of the major changes um, since this was last presented to you. One was in the list of the um, tribal nations that were named in um, the, the acknowledgement. Originally, we used all of those listed in the University of Iowa Native American Council's <coughs> acknowledgement, um, which really spanned all of Iowa, um, but this really is more specific to the area in and around Iowa City. Um, while also not necessarily ignoring the contributions of many of the other tribal nations um, that have um, stories or connections uh, to this land. Um, and then I also um, think that some of the verbiage and language has been changed around to just really hone in on the dedication um, of our joint commissions um, and, and sort of not stopping with this acknowledgement in our dedication to indigenous peoples. And it also asks the public uh, and challenges them, I think, to consider um, uh, these truths as well. Um, I am really thankful for Commissioner um, Lindley's help and advocacy in this regard as well. Um, we've been um, having some discussions about um, at least where to go after this, should the Human Rights Commission agree to adopting this. Um, and I'll let her speak on that next. All right, I'm, I'm ready to speak if that's all right. Yep. Can everybody hear me? Yes. Yes. Oh, fabulous, okay, just needed confirmation, sorry. It's weird not being able to see people's faces via Zoom or otherwise. Um, so I want to thank Commissioner Rivera for all of his hard work, um, really working with uh, Commissioner Nobis to get this off the ground. I think, um, this document does a fabulous job of not only zooming in and focusing in on the specific tribes uh, that were impacted here in, in our specific community, but also explaining the history and acknowledging the history in a lens, uh, through a lens that is not whiteness. Um, some might uh, have some slight uh, discomfort with the language, but I think the language is very important here. Um, I am fully supportive of the land acknowledgement as it stands. And um, should we approve use of it tonight, which I hope we will, uh, I, I just really think it's so amazing that we've been able to collaborate with the TRC on this specific uh, piece of very important documents to throw out toward uh, city council, which will hopefully also approve it to be due to itself. Um, I will, I think if it's all right with Stephanie, I don't want to throw things out of order, but I will hold off on discussing potential next steps until we do a vote to approve, if that's all right. Ashley, would you like to make a motion? I would like to make a motion to um, approve the use of the land acknowledgement for the Human Rights Commission and the TRC. I'll second. Sure. So first we, we can speak for the Human Rights Commission. I don't know that Correct. we can speak for the TRC. Well, okay. So discussion. <laughs> so yeah, that's part of the discussion. Though. So so just a question on process that the where is it, has the TRC seen this kind of final language and 
you know, where are we are we, are we first or they first? <laughs> as far so as we've, say, no. we've already approved it pending your vote. Okay. Um, so okay. If, if it gets approved by your commission tonight, then um, at our next commission uh, meeting, then it'll be adopted okay. and used. Um, and I do think, I'm not sure, um, I think the version in your packet um, is, uh, just has some capitalization changes that will need to be made um, just in terms of indigenous and peoples throughout the document okay. uh, might need to be changed and all. I, should this get approved, I'll send an oh. update, updated yeah. version to Stephanie. Yeah. I appreciate the, the uh, time and effort. I know that, you know, we've talked about this in several months because we really want to get it right. Mm -hmm. Right, so that's good. And so, and, and it sounds like you've you know consulted with many people who you know are, are indigenous or have that background too. So to make sure we're and and I really like the narrowing it to what the, the actual ground we're standing on as opposed to something broader. I think that makes it more personal and specific. So, so well done. Nice job with. I mean, I read through it. I don't have any issues with it. Yes, I appreciate having the consistency with the the, the, the other commission as well. So we're not all adopting our own land acknowledgement, actually having a consistent land acknowledgement for the city. So I appreciate that working with us on that So having been in many settings where I do this, what I like about this one is that it's got the necessity that we say implore the Iowa City community to commit. And I think that's a very significant aspect of this land acknowledgement. And it's why I even bring more zeal to the approval. Yeah, I like the, the call to action in addition to just looking backward. Yeah. I also want it to be noted that I would like for this, and maybe probably others as well, for the city council to consider reading this version at city council meetings as well. That's not a motion or anything. It's just okay. for, 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 for recommendations. Yes. Yeah. So. I mean, because that's how they would... Right, so let's so, follow through with the first right, yeah, so vote we of the wording. Ourselves and then make a make a motion to recommend it yes, to council as a yes, second. Pending the few capitalization changes that have been stated. And there is this then that we're we're approving uh, this as a kind of a I don't know the language a rule of order or this is what we do mm -hmm. and that it's it needs to be revisited. Yes. Uh, annually or regularly so we continue to keep it part of our, our meeting. So my understanding this is going to be read at, at the beginning of each meeting. I think it would be a great opening at each meeting. That's the intent. And then if commission at said time would like to revisit it they would just put that within the agenda to revisit if things change between now. It's kind of like a continuing resolution. Yeah. It's it, like, yeah we're going to continue to do this. Are we okay with voting on the motion that's on the table? Yes. Those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed say nay. Those opposed say nay. Motion passes seven to zero. That's how math works. Yes, seven to zero. Okay. Right. So, Kevin. Fantastic. I'm really, really glad to hear that. And I think that Commissioner Lindley is, is eager to discuss sort of next steps. Um, uh, within sort of this agenda item. Yes. The thing that I also just wanted to add was that we've already gotten some interest from members of the community who are not affiliated with our commissions who are you know, asking, hey, does the city have anything like this land acknowledgement? And for us to be able to sort of say, yes, we now have two commissions who, have, yeah. who are using something like this and who are recommending to other government entities, um, I, I think is a really powerful thing. And um, also sort of positions us and reminds us of the <coughs> that we have in this community. 
Commissioner Lindley? Yes. Um, so I suppose uh, the next thing would be what Jessica already stated, making a uh, motion to recommend City Council adopt this as well, right? And maybe have this placed on other commissions next meeting agendas in order for them to have potential to approve and use as well, such as the community development and other commissions if the TRC and the HRC see that as fitting. I don't know what, I mean, you can't really speak on behalf of the entire commission, you two, but I'm looking at you two. Um, I, I, um, if the discussion tonight is going towards um, you uh, making a motion to recommend this to City Council, I would absolutely request that that be put on our agenda um, yes. and for the TRC's next um, uh, commission. <coughs> I don't know what the language would be in terms of recommending that other commissions or uh, boards adopt it as well. I'm not sure who has the authority to put it on agenda. Yeah, I think that would go as part of the recommendation to the City Council. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So the city council could, could you know, could vote to you know, require all boards to do that. I would think they have they, they supersede all those. Great. Okay. So, I'll make the formal motion then to recommend to city council, pending approval from the TRC, to utilize this at city council to utilize the formal land acknowledgement at city council meetings, public meetings and events and to recommend to all other boards and commissions to utilize the same language as is written and will be slightly tweaked. <laughs> but again, pending the approval of the TRC. I'll second that. Second by Roger. Any further discussion? Ashley, did you get all that? Yes, I did. Okay. Not hearing any further discussion. We're gonna put it to a vote. Those in favor say aye. 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 Those uh, against say nay. Those abstaining say nay. Motion passes seven to zero. Awesome. And we will look forward to that being on your agenda for hopeful approval. When, when is the next TRC meeting? That's a great question. Um, <laughs> August 5th. August 5th. <laughs> Uh, on the Thursday. <coughs> and the last thing that I'll add is that um, Commissioner Lindley and I did discuss in terms of making sure that you know it doesn't end with acknowledgement how we can continue to sort of bear witness to the truth of indigenous peoples in and around Iowa City. Um, she has suggested that we maybe form like a more ongoing formal task force for members of your commission and ours to um, just meet with more um, elders and uh, indigenous leaders in our community um, to, to hear truths and kind of report back to our respective commissions about how we move forward. Um, so I think uh, if you all want to reach out to her and or me, um, we would definitely be willing to have you as long as um, we're not surpassing quorum of any individual commission. Great. Ashley, did you have any other items to this agenda item? Um, so, Kevo covered it, I believe. Uh, I think the idea of yeah, either some sort of task force or working group um, just to continue this work and have it be something that is not purely lip service 
that we are actively going to work to address the issues that are brought up here in the land acknowledgement and um, all of the history and injustices that have been done. I think a working group or task force of some sort between the TRC and HRC would be fabulous. Um, my vision, uh, if we were to do this, would likely be uh, with the approval of the TRC, of course, some sort of representation, maybe uh, two members from each commission, two or three, something where we're still in the bounds of legality and not violating any of our bylaws or anything like that. Just to continue meeting with the local indigenous and native peoples and discussing next steps, projects, things that we can keep doing to, to work towards justice. So I'd be interested to hear folks' um, thoughts on that, whether or not they think that would be helpful, who would potentially want to be involved. Any thoughts are appreciated. Well, I think it's an important step, otherwise it's just ink. Yeah. Unfortunately, I can't right now volunteer to help you with it. I'm going to say ditto. I am pretty tapped at the moment. <laughs> Maybe next month. <laughs> I should specify I, I volunteer, so I would be <laughs> at one of those individuals. So if we had one or two other folks who wanted to join me, that would be fantastic, but I recognize that we are all very busy individuals, so don't uh, stretch yourself too far, but if someone is available, and even if they would like to participate sporadically, maybe it means they don't make every single meeting for the working group or task force, um, any, any additional help is always appreciated. I have a question. Um, when you say you meet with other leaders um, to discuss, is it to hear their ideas, or it's you bringing your idea to them, or their idea to you? to figure out how to move forward with it? I think definitely to um, gain their wisdom okay. and input about um, sort of what, so in, in the language of the document, right, the last word is reparations, and we really, I don't know what reparations looks like for indigenous communities, but I'd love to know what that would mean to them and what their ideas might be. And so I think that it's gonna be, it's very much sort of position, from the position of humility, um, seeking to understand, um, before we can make better recommendations to, to the city and to the, to the community. What, what is it like if you meet with them and they want to change something? Then we, we discuss it as our okay. commissions. Um, and we see what we can do. Thank you. And a friendly amendment, if I could, too. So to the extent which you start having those conversations, and I, I'm too, I'm very interested, but a little busy too. So maybe after maybe after November. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, but to the extent that you might, there might be somebody that could come present to the commission as well. I think mm -hmm. that'd be a welcome thing. You know, similar to what we had in the beginning of this of this meeting too, to have somebody present yeah. on their experience or the history behind it, and so to educate all of us mm -hmm. too. So as you have those discussions, if there's an opportunity for that, I, I, I would welcome. Thanks I want to agree with him as well, Jason, what he said. Unfortunately, I'm also very busy. <laughs> I apologize, but um, it would be great to hear more about what you learn from them so we also learn. I think that if you're able to get something on the schedule, it might be easier for individuals to be able to decide if they're able to attend something or not. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe we can have 
your continued working group that you have right now, and then you can invite and you can make sure that we don't uh, break any open meetings policies through yeah. having too many members. I agree. Okay. Does that sound okay, Ashley? That sounds good to me. Excellent. Thank you for all your time. We will move on to item number six on our agenda, which is report and update from the diversity market from South District Neighborhood Association. This is in your packets. I think it's page eight. I personally follow the South District Neighborhood Association on social media, mainly Facebook, and I also attended three of these neighborhood um, diversity markets. I don't know if any other commissioners were able to or not. Maybe the first um, one before I was going on. I went to two of them, so. I went to the first one and it was so hot, but I got snow cones. <laughs> so it was like, that was a great marketing strategy from that family. <laughs> it was wonderful. It was good. Hi. The first and the second was well intended, but then it dropped off a little bit. It was good. Yeah, I was able to, I was on my way there, then I got an emergency call, so I couldn't. That happens. I've seen that stuff on Facebook. Okay. Well, I, I for one am also very happy that we were able to donate some of our funds that we had um, mm -hmm. to be able to assist them with making this happen. Yeah. Do we know are there any plans to? I know it was you know a finite number to start with, and you know mm -hmm. now that they've you know had some lessons learned, I wonder if there's going to be some continued stuff. Has anybody heard any plans for anything? I haven't heard any yet, but I hope at least in the future. Mm -hmm. I haven't, but I know the reached out to different organizations to in the future to do something together. Cool. So, yeah. This was just a summer thing and maybe they'll do a seasonal. I don't know. Angie Jordan always has her hands on so many different things I would not put it past her that something else is in the works already. Stephanie, was there anything other than the items submitted along with this agenda? I like the pictures. Yes, I great pictures. Love doesn't love kids with faceplate. My, so cute. my kids had had some of that on their faces as well. So that. <laughs> <laughs> well, if there's no further discussion on item number six, we will go to number seven, which is discuss the American Rescue Plan Act funds. Which. I know there's a survey going around, and they said they're going to do some listening posts. So. Correct. Mm -hmm. On August 11th. Wednesday, August 11th. The email just came out today. I know one of them is August 11th. At Mercer Park. That's Mercer Park is the 11th, yes. right? Yeah. So but there's also an attachment to a link that people can still do the survey as well. That is correct. It's icgov.org slash or backslash, I don't know which one, ARPA to learn more. I know that the city, because Jeff Fruin and some other city staff were at the farmer's market this past yes. Saturday with a table. That was the main, with the main purpose of which was to get input on that. Uh, they're also the counties doing getting input at the at the fair, Johnson County Fair this week for the next, next couple of days. Excellent. So at their booth as well. So for those who don't have the agenda or the whole packet in front of them, it's a total amount of eighteen point three million dollars that has been allocated to the city of Iowa City. So it's not a small chunk of change. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah. it's and not. another and another thirty to Johnson County. Thirty yes. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and all funds must be utilized prior to the end of 2024. Okay. So there's a little bit of time for planning, and mm -hmm. which That's is good. required. Um, half of the money has already been received, 
and then we are anticipating the next half um, within the next six months or so. By May, by May, yeah. So we'll put in your two cents, is that? We can put in our two cents. I know personally I filled out the online survey. I know that, Commissioner mm -hmm. Sorry. Yeah, no, you questions. are allowed, yes. Um, I think that I'm glad that uh, this is on the meeting agenda tonight as well. I don't know if any of you are familiar with the concept of the Excluded Workers Fund or the Fund Excluded Workers Coalition. Um, is that ringing any bells for anyone or is that unfamiliar to anyone? Yeah. Okay. Um, the Truth and Reconciliation Commission are formal members of the Fund Excluded Workers Coalition, which is a multi-member coalition who is recommending to City Council to use funds from the American Rescue Plan um, to put money in the hands of those who have been previously um, not been able to receive benefit, um, monetary financial benefit. Um, so these include um, undocumented um, immigrants and formerly incarcerated individuals, um, as well as, uh, and, and it also advocates for hazard pay for frontline workers. Um, and the reason that our commission felt strongly about it is because I think within a lot of those groups, Include you know BIPOC members of our community. Um, the Iowa City Catholic Worker um, Group, um, which is sort of central to the coalition, um, it has made some recommendations about how folks um, could fill out the surveys sent out by Johnson County and the City of Iowa City um, to uh, sort of express support for things like the um, Excluded Workers Fund, and so that can be found on their website. Um, and um, Stephanie also has access to the presentation that they gave to the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. So if you all want it, I think that you can also request that from Stephanie. Yeah, that'd be good. Stephanie, do you send that to us via email? That I can send you the meeting that it was presented at and give you the minute, the minutes that it starts at. Okay. Yes. Perfect. Perfect. Even better. That would be great. Actually, hear the they, first gave, they gave a fantastic presentation. I can tell you that many members of our commission were moved to tears. Um, and it was just super, super powerful, and we're very thankful for um, the individuals who chose to speak up very vulnerably and honestly about their experiences. So I hope you do take some time to listen to that. Thank you. And I know other groups in the community have been talking about how they want money to be spent. And I'm on the you know affordable housing steering committee, and we're looking at housing and all the you know backed rent that's going to be having to be owed and evictions and whatnot so you know there's lots of different people with their hands in so if you want your opinion to be heard or you want you know individuals that live in your household your neighborhood or anywhere else make them uh try to fill out the form go to listening posts or you can just email input as well so it doesn't have to be through any other formal way and take the survey for the johnson county one and the johnson county one as weeks well we had a meeting at the which are separate right yeah. yes it's it, it was very important to try to use Trying to see if they can use the funding for small counties and mm -hmm. stuff. I've seen several comments from both the, there's an interest in some coordination, but they are separate funds. And so right. and they're separate, and, and they're obviously, there's the County Board of Supervisors is a, has different authority, so they do, yes. it doesn't have to be that way. So. And potentially separate needs for the funds as well. Sure. everyone to be part yes. of this it's very important it's a lot of money but it's very important that 
We don't forget anybody. Very true. And it is available in multiple languages, I believe. For, yes, it is. For the city. For the, the city. For the cities. I don't know if the county one. Not yet. They, they're working on getting that. I think they haven't. Well, we can move along to subcommittees now, which is item number eight on our agenda. First up is housing, and I know it's been a busy summer. Uh, housing. Well, I've been gone the last five weeks, so. Yes. <laughs> I'm looking at you, and I, yeah, sorry. Thank you. Um, any updates? No, no. That's okay. Anti-racism, I believe Ashley is on the phone to be able to discuss that subcommittee. Ashley. Yeah. So, updates for she the anti-racism subcommittee. We did our LGBTQ Stonewall event uh, where we did a screening of Stonewall Forever on June 28th. Uh, we had a following the film, which was fantastic. I highly recommend all of you go check it out. Um, we had a panel of LGBTQ professionals from both here in Iowa City and throughout the state. Uh, I'm sure Roger could speak on this a little as well, but the discussion was fantastic. Uh, attendance was a little lower than I think we hoped it would be, but given summer and vacations and all of the activities available for folks to do outside now, I think that definitely impacted attendance. Um, but I was very happily surprised uh, to see that we had youth that were actually joining us for the event, which you know, is not super common for a lot of our events, particularly our Zoom events. And to be able to have age diversity to really add to and enrich discussion during the event um, was just absolutely fantastic. I was very pleased. Um, and then we also had a request um, due to our the uh, implicit bias challenge that we are having folks do, there was a request from the AM Rotary here in Iowa City to have us come and present on implicit bias and just chat with them a little bit for one of their meetings. We did, well, I, I was going to have Roger with me. Unfortunately, Roger was unavailable to come, but we uh, I went and did that on the 20th. So about a week ago, and it was just fantastic. They were very engaged, um, were very interested in learning more, uh, being a part of the series and engaging in taking the Harvard IAT, as well as completing the survey that we have out there now live. So I, I think the overall series for the Implicit Bias Summer Series is just going very well. Unfortunately, we weren't able to have any events this month. Um, between Roger and I carrying the load, we just couldn't quite manage it, but we're very excited to have some events coming up in August, and we've already got a few ideas rolling for that. So, Roger, did you have anything else to add? Uh, well, I just want to add that actually the AM Rotary said Ashley's presentation was the best one they ever had. So. She's not yeah, the best yeah, yeah. So uh, it was great. And the presentation for the Stonewall, that was amazing. We had a great panel. I was disappointed as well with the attendance. But the hope and the great part was that we had some young people. They actually, the first question came from a 17 year old. So, which was great to see that we had some youth in attendance and uh, some older folks in attendance as well. So, like Ashley said, we're looking forward to August. July was just a busy month and so many things happening. So, 
hopefully we can put another event in August and finish up this uh, summer series and um, it'll be great. So thank you actually for all you do. It's really uh, I did want to add one more thing that I forgot to mention was that we did get permission to record for the Stonewall event. So the event is recorded, yeah. and I think uh, we just have to do a little meetup with Stephanie to figure out when that recording is going to become available. I think there was some discussion of maybe breaking it out again for the Pride Festival in October. Yeah. What can I do, Tony? <laughs> <laughs> awesome, thank you. Um, health equity is myself and Bijou. We have both been extremely busy in the community. Um, I haven't had a chance to meet. I will say that I run the health equity advancement lab at the University of Iowa as a coordinator, um, and we are doing a lot of revamping on the university side. It's through the College of Public Health and also open to any students at the University of Iowa and I am a true believer that the silos of the university and the city should not exist and so I am attempting to break down those barriers and get students actually in other parts of Iowa City other than just the Pentecrest so stay tuned um, for hopefully some Why don't we start with a drink? <laughs> I'm, I'm trying, okay, I'm trying so we'll see but it's a really great group um, with faculty over there um, and just really wanting them to not only think health equity in other countries, other continents, but also here in our backyard. So, Bijou, do you have anything to add? No. Um, so those are our subcommittees. That was number eight. We're on to number nine, which is commission statement in support of Black Lives Matter, which we still have in our packet on all these pages. It is now on the city website in the news and was printed based yes. upon our approved uh, language and it looks like it was published on July 1st. Yep. One of my disappointments to that is that still, and maybe it's because of last spring and summer, people resist this. It's like, oh. The uh, statement or Black Lives Matter movement or all of the above? The Black Lives Matter movement. Okay. And it's very frustrating. It's a little bit like trying to engage people in a conversation about implicit bias. And it's like, uh, you know, we don't leave our brains at the door. Uh, anyway, uh, Vulnerability. Uh, you, typical people. of me, I'm just adding heat, not light. Yeah. But, <laughs> you're right. Vulnerability makes people defensive, and that brings up even more barriers. So we have to find ways to hopefully break those down. It is just the significance of the conversations. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, and I know many of you are still totally in support of the movement, and you are doing day-to-day -day operations. It doesn't get put into our packet, but I see, I see you. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I mean, obviously, I was gone for when you approved the statement. But I had a chance to read it, and so, so and I was, I, was, I really it's, enjoyed reading it. It was very, great. very well done. Yeah, I'm very happy that went through. Um, number 10, social justice racial equity grant reports. Looks like we have the first thing is page 15 is the final report from Little Creations. Okay. Yes. Okay. And then there was an idea about from um, Inside Outreach. Yes. Thank you. 
again, many photos included. I think that's the way to our heart is like, make sure you give us photos. We're like, yes. It didn't hurt. I love it. And because I've been at Little Creation, and it's just neat to visualize these places. Like, oh yeah, I've been there, I've been there. And right. I've seen what the kids are doing, but also the program and the significance of it. Yes, yeah. That, that certainly, I mean, certainly does make it more real than just seeing a, a does. type report, doesn't it? Yeah, doesn't it? Yeah. The colorful pictures. Yes. And it's neat to see Pastor Tony up in Rome. <laughs> One question I had, uh, I guess this would be for Stephanie, is did they complete a final budget and submit? Or um, um, Little Creations has not inside out reentry yet. Right. Yeah. So, okay. Do we need to have that in order to yes. make it satisfactory for? Um, Little Creations, they let me know that they would get it to me. Okay. So, no worries. But for purposes of the packet, um, it, it's just easier to put their report that, in there. That's totally fine. Yep. Yeah. Just want to make sure we uphold all organizations yes. to the same standards. And yes. Well, I love spreadsheets. Some people really don't. So make sure everybody does their <laughs> spreadsheet. Um, and then we will look at, can we look at that late handout now since that's the agenda item? Um, from inside, inside out. out. Very, inside yeah. out. Very yes. thorough. Mm -hmm. yeah, that was good. It was good. And very well written. Mm -hmm. They always do great work. Does everybody have that leak handout? I know. Yeah. I read it, but then the day goes by and I can't remember anything. It was good. And so these are their final reports, is that correct? Correct. And they, um, okay. they're not technically due until the end of the month. So okay. you just, you'll probably have more in August. Okay. Who else are we? Was in that cycle? Um, Center for Worker Justice, yes. Labor Center, okay. um, Successful Living. Okay, so a lot. Okay. Still out there. Okay. Yeah, if you don't receive them by like the 15th of the month, like push them mm -hmm. and get them in so we can yeah. get them done in August. Okay, cool. Thank you. I know I'm on the last minute of every month, so I totally understand. Any further discussion regarding the reports that we received? Then we will move along to number 11, which is National Hispanic Heritage, American Heritage Month Proclamation. Um, just want to see if there's a commissioner who's available um, to come to an in-person city council oh, meeting. Wow. They'll be probably meeting back here, I suspect, by September. But um, it would be on um, Tuesday, September 7th, and their meetings start at 6 o'clock now. So I just, it would be nice to have somebody accept that. Um, Tristan has been working with Parks and Rec and the library on in the senior center on programming. So it would just be nice to have September seventh. I'm available if no one else would like it. Gotcha, Dan. I don't no, know. <laughs> she did. We don't get along. I just know everybody looks at the Maybe yes, so you got your in. <laughs> okay. This is the second one I've done on this, so it's fine. And as it gets closer to the time, I'll share the proclamation as well. Please do. Details about meeting location. 
Sorry, I was not paying attention. So who's Somebody, doing it? I, cl I claimed it. Oh, oh okay. that's too good. All right, good. <laughs> Don't worry about it, guys. I'm on this. You said six. Is that a correct statement? Correct. Okay. Steph, I will do those eventually. <laughs> Just the bishop has to let go on. I'm not sure. You have to highly blame you. Blame it on a higher power. Right? Good excuse. I've been a lot of meetings. So. <laughs> I'll make it work. Okay. Um, we are at the time for well, one, I wanted to see if anybody changed their mind about getting their packets mailed to them, or if you no. still want to do it this way. Okay. I lose papers. Yeah. Okay. And then you're going to hand me papers, right? Um, well, they're flyers. So if you go okay. to public spaces, um, if you wouldn't mind taking one and no. maybe um, oh. hanging one up, okay. oh. um, just to advertise some upcoming. Well, one's an upcoming event. The other is a collaboration with the, the NAACP to just try to spread the word. I hope to reach out to Lulac also to see if they're interested in just trying to collaborate so that folks know how to file a complaint. So, but other than that, I don't know. These are larger homes. Okay. <laughs> I'm coming, Roger. Oh, man. I'm coming. There we go. Thank you. <laughs> So I'm, I'm working in Cedar County right now. Should I be taking these? Do you like them? It's um, a hybrid, so somebody could technically not be here to watch it. Okay. And the other one, we get calls um, quite often because we're the Iowa City Human Rights Office. Okay. So people oftentimes think that we're in the street. So it's not a problem for folks to call us. We'll get them. Are we posting this just in Iowa City or can we do it other places? I, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Are we posting Same this? Same question, yeah. Can I do it? Yeah, that video? would be great. Yeah, it's it's on Zoom, so. Can I take him out? Yes. Because okay, I'm always the one. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Offer Roger one? Yeah, lots, lots of places to get me one. Okay, yeah, good. Oh, he I, does. I, I had to fight for it. I, I think you're wrong. <laughs> 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 All right. So, is he going to be live here? Yes. And then, but it all also zoom. That's the plan. Wow, that's nice. I think we should okay. ask you for that for almost every single event possible. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's what it should be. Yeah, we do it live and it's live streaming. Yeah. Um, we're up to commissioner announcements, and I'm going to remind you that commissioners shall not engage in discussion with one another during this time. I'm going to go down the list. Um, if you have nothing, that's okay. If you have something to share, please do. Um, I'm the first one, and I've just been extremely busy with a couple of different internships this summer, taking on too much. Um, and I have a very large qualifying exam uh, next Wednesday, so I'm going to be holed up in my office for about a week. So you can still find me, though. Uh, Jason Glass, update? Um, just uh, obviously, I was gone and just got back a week ago from five weeks of. National Guard duty all over the country. Wow. <laughs> so pretty long stint away from family. So I just want to say thank you. It's nice to be home, and thank, I had several messages from folks welcoming me back and all that thing too. So so thank you very much. That was that was very nice. It's my back is appreciating me in my own bed and not on a book. So. statement or two, I do encourage everybody on the commission, if you haven't yet, 
to take the Harvard IAT and join us in participating in the IC Bias Challenge. Um, that includes filling out the short survey. should only take you like five minutes after you take the test. Um, just because I think, especially as members of the commission, it's super important that we also recognize that we do are human and we do also have bias and to be able to recognize that and model that for the rest of the community, I think it's very important. Um, also, I have to say I'm a little bit jealous that you all get to see each other in person and I had already planned to months ago when we still thought we might be doing Zoom being on this week. So I'm sad I can't be there in person with you tonight, but I'm looking forward to seeing faces in person next week. We'll see you on the 24th. Thank you, Ashley. Uh, who's up next by Mark? So I am working in Cedar County, and I want you to know how excited I am to find out what the churches are doing in those communities in Cedar County and those towns around it. The congregations are very conscious of human rights issues and particularly uh, connecting with each other to support these initiatives as part of the conversation and the way they do what's It's called the TMA, the Tipton Ministerial Association. Yeah. The other thing I want you to know is, and this is a personal note, my son was named by the USA Today as the um, Iowa Coach of the Year. Wow. Very good. For all coaches, all sports. That's awesome. Yeah. What, what does he coach? Well, it's because he did his... Multiple. <laughs> well, he was a girls track coach for Waukee, two consecutive state championships, and the boys cross country coach at Dallas Sam Grimes, two state, uh, wow. two state championships wow. consecutive. All happened on the same team. Just a coincidence, right? Oh, no. That he did that? <laughs> <laughs> very skilled. We didn't get to see him very much. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Next up is Roger. Uh, I don't really have much uh, announcement. It's just good to see people in person. <laughs> it's, uh, it's great to go around the city, farmer's market, and see people around. Yeah, it is. Masks and all. Um, I, I, I'm one of the weirdest people you can have in life because I like to put, what did I say, what's the saying? I want to put my hand in everything. Oh yeah. So I like to challenge myself in doing every type of work because I'm very curious. And um, last month and a half I, oh, I, um, I want to help uh, translate and help a family in court and uh, um, I decided to temporarily foster three kids. Wow. Wow. And uh, the challenge is I can discipline them. <laughs> 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 so I cannot do anything because they're the state's children, but they're great kids that went through so much. And um, I thank God that I'm learning more about fostering and adoption and stuff. And, and the system with DHS, and I'm gonna keep my mouth shut on that, but um, <laughs> it, it, please pray for me. <laughs> yeah. We'll do. Thank you, Nisha. Thank you. Tony? Uh, just gearing up for Pride in October right now. Kind of crazy right now, a little stressed out. Um, it's gonna be pretty big after seeing what block party, which is having yeah. a block party, and we're gonna be probably not 105 degrees outside, so a lot more people probably. Um, other than that, um, one Iowa, we are having our annual gala next week. Next week. Um, we are having a watch party at Walker Homestead 
I encourage everyone um, if you're able to, um, if you're on my social media, I'll probably be posting about it all weekend. <laughs> um, and then I just took on a position, new position with Out Leadership. So I'll be stepping back from Iowa City Pride and working on like global marketing for LGBTQ leaders in the community. So after 15 years of pride, I will be saying, this is. <laughs> and actually get paid for what I do and not volunteer for the last 15 years. <laughs> Wonderful. Wait, where is the watch party at? Uh, Walker Home Homestead. I don't know the exact address. Off of IWV Road, going towards the Iowa City landfill. Yeah. I didn't even know it existed until one of the other board members who is also in the city. I was yeah. like, oh, what's this? Oh, it's a cool place. It's lovely. It looks really nice. Walker, so, Walker Homestead. I've been that direction many times, but it's before I get to the. It is prior to. I don't remember. I went the Tiffin way. But it's after Chatham and before the, the dump. You'll see it. Yeah, Put it into your GPS. Dump, so yeah, but yeah, Google it. You'll, you'll, you'll Google it. We have faith in you, Mark. <laughs> we have faith in you. I'll go see it before I go home. <laughs> Very great. All right. With nothing else on the agenda, we have. Oh, Does everybody know Daisy's the? Um, Hello. Did you talk to them about your relationship? With them now? I don't know. Not, you, not are, we in a, are we in a relationship now? What's the relationship? What's the relationship? I've moved now. I felt I didn't think it was going to be as awkward when you sat down because when I came, neither of you were here. So when you were both here, it's like I can literally see everything. And it felt awkward to move. ever anything that comes up with the agenda where you can see the any type of collaboration with the department or um, something comes up where you, uh, you would like me to take it back to someone um, because I, I don't get paid enough to deal with some of the bigger issues that arise but I do work with them so I can relay and then if um, it's appropriate to have them come to the next month's meeting or if there's someone you want to meet um, I do coming up soon our new officers will be introduced to community organizations and kind of see like the folks I work with, our victim services, victim services coordinator works with. And if they, if the day I get with them falls on the day that the commission meets, I will bring new officers in and just introduce them um, so that they can learn all the working pieces of the city and such. Um, yeah, any collaborative efforts or you have an idea or you've heard concerns, I'm more than happy to take it over the department. Well. And I thought maybe on the agendas in the future I'll just make a space just okay. in case she has any announcements or anything. Yes. Yeah, please. Sounds great. Okay. All right. I'm going to say meeting adjourned. Cool. Is that all I need? Yep. Okay. <laughs>